This is the Sports Psychology Hour with Dr. Andrew Jacobs on Sports Radio 810 WHB. What I've done is help athletes be the best they can be. We work on giving you that winning edge, that mental edge that will help you realize your potential. Dr. Jacobs has been in practice for over 30 years as a sports psychologist. This is the first time I've ever listened to it. I'm on my way to church and I said, I got to pull over and talk. Right now is your chance to call Dr. Jacobs for free help with any sports-related problem. It's a wonderful form, and I, I, it must be a radio for me every time I, I'm in the camp city. And this show is about you. It's about having fun, working hard, building self-confidence, having the right attitude, being a good teammate, being a good parent, and being a good coach. Now, here's the sports psychologist, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Good morning, everybody. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and welcome to our show here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Excited to be here with you this Sunday, as we are every Sunday morning from 7 to 8 a.m., and we talk about mindsets and attitudes on this show. We deal with things like self-confidence. We talk about being positive. How do you deal with a coach who gets out of control on the sidelines? What happens if a player can't handle his emotions in a game? I've been in practice for 36 years here in Kansas City as a sports psychologist, and I've been here at Sports Radio 810 for the last 16 years on the radio, now for 26 straight years. And every Sunday I look forward to doing this show with you. And we talk about the psychological aspects of sports on this show, and obviously every week there's something that pops up that we can get into on this show about the emotional side of sports. And this past week, we all know what happened to Tiger Woods. He was arrested last weekend for a DUI, driving under the influence. He was not drinking. He was found to be under prescri- using prescription drugs for his back surgeries, driving. We've all seen the video. We've all seen what happened to him. And it's sad. It's sad to see this man deteriorating as he has. Why has this happened? Why does it happen to athletes? You know, we put athletes on pedestals. We put athletes in a place where we think they are above us, every, above us meaning everybody else. Professional athletes, Olympic athletes, even collegiate athletes. We see them as superior human beings. And maybe physically they are. Well, let's face it, I've had the privilege of working with the Olympic team, with the Royals, with KU, with professional athletes all over the country. I've worked with collegiate athletes, high school athletes. I've worked with world champions, Olympic champions, professional champions. And there is something unique about their abilities to get to that level. A professional athlete, in my opinion, is a survivor. They are someone who has made it through all the stuff you have to deal with growing up. You know, if you you make it to the major leagues, just think about this for a minute. If you make it to the major leagues... You probably started playing t-ball at five or six years of age. And as you know, if you've listened to the show, I think we start kids way too early in organized sports. But they start at t-ball. Then they go to coach pitch and machine pitch and then kid pitch. And then they'll start playing, you know, on these rec teams and move up to a, a competitive team or a traveling team. And then they'll get to a middle school or a high school team. And then they'll play collegiately if they haven't been drafted. And if they're drafted, they'll start in rookie ball, then go through A ball, double A, triple A, then make it to the major leagues, then maybe sit on the bench before they even get to start. And by the time they do get to start, if they make it that far, 
They have survived all that other stuff. And quite frankly, the 36 years I've been doing this, I'm one of the first trained sports psychologists in the country. I've dealt with, with all these different levels of, of athletics. What I see in, in the guys who make it up to that level is they have unique physical characteristics. But a lot of them psychologically don't. A lot of them psychologically have not developed themselves the right way. They've been able to get where they are because of the ability to perform in their chosen sport. And most of them have learned along the way psychological techniques and skills to help them. But a lot of these guys, men and women together, have flaws like we all do. Everybody, there's no, you know, I have kids that come in my office all the time. In my office, I've been in practice, as I said, for 36 years. I see young athletes. I see, I see athletes of all ages and their parents and coaches. And so many young people come in and say, Doc, I'm a perfectionist. Or their parents will say, my daughter is a perfectionist. I had a young softball player, a high school softball player a few weeks ago who I saw about three times that wouldn't come back because she doesn't want to deal with the fact that she can't handle failure. Because she said, I am such a perfectionist, I cannot handle it. And I said, you have to learn how to handle it. She goes, I can't, and I won't. I feel sorry for her because she's not going to be happy unless she can learn to deal with failure. In our book, Just Let Him Play, with my co-authors Pete Malone, Jeff Montgomery, and Matt Folks, and Dr. Steve Joyce, we talk, and they're my favorite chapters, chapter 3, Embracing Failure Can Lead to Fun. We have to teach kids today that failure is part of life. And I think many coaches do not do that effectively. I actually feel sorry for Tiger Woods. I've always been an admirer of his competitiveness and his intensity. I've felt that it's gone over the edge too far. I would have loved to have spent time talking to him because he's, he's been obvious to me for years he's been troubled. And this goes way back beyond the Thanksgiving uh, situation he had where he wrecked his car after getting into a fight with his wife and then subsequently getting divorced when she found out about his multiple affairs. This goes back to his childhood being trained to be a professional athlete. You know, we can go back to Todd Marinovich, and many of us know that story. His dad, Marv Marinovich, was a personal trainer who, when his wife was pregnant, said, my son will become an NFL quarterback. I'm going to groom him to become an NFL quarterback. Well, he did. He made it. Grew up in Southern California, went to USC, ended up playing with the Raiders, and has had multiple skirmishes with the law. Was just recently arrested for running through someone's backyard naked, all drugged up in L.A. He's a troubled young man. We have a problem today with athletes, emotionally, psychologically, putting them on such a pedestal that there isn't a grounding now, listen, most athletes are great people, and they are grounded. Most professional athletes, you don't hear stories about their lives because they go about doing their thing. They live their life. They have their families. They do what they're going to do, just like everybody else. Most professional athletes are not any different than you and I, except physically they're more skilled. And they're talented. They don't get in trouble with the law. They don't do stupid things. They live lives just like everybody else. But a lot of Athletes get in trouble because psychologically, I think it's an ego issue. They get put on such a pedestal at young ages. They start to think they're better than everybody else because of their physical skills. And maybe their physical skills are better, but that doesn't mean they're better. And Tiger Woods, in my opinion, is a result of this, and he's a victim of this. 
And look, he should know better than to be driving. He's got enough money to have a driver. He shouldn't be driving on all these pain meds. He should know better. He's got issues. And these go back to the, to the relationship he had with his dad. I've read a lot about it. And it's a, it's a problem. And I feel sorry for him because you know what? He's hurting and he's struggling and he's struggling to find himself. He stated very clearly he wants to be a good dad to his, his two kids. And I hope he is. I think he probably is. But those kids have been traumatized, obviously, by what's gone on in their life because of his parents' divorce. Divorce is not a fun thing. I've been through one. My parents went through one. It's hard. And I think the people who suffer the most are the kids. But I think that's where understanding yourself is so important. So I want to open up our phone lines. I want to get a discussion going here this morning and get your opinion about athletes' psychological development. Do we put athletes on pedestals? Do we allow them to get away with things because they are superior physically? There's a very prominent high school athlete in this town a few years ago. He went to a high school, played on the basketball team, and had two DUIs. Two DUIs. But the coach let him play because he was the star of the team. He ended up getting a scholarship to play in college, went to one school, transferred to another, then dropped out. And I think the high school coach, quite frankly, did him a disservice by not benching him. I think you have to teach athletes about emotions and mindsets and attitudes. You have to teach them about relationships. You have to teach them about ego, ego, ego. That is a big, big problem. And I think it starts with this whole issue of success, this whole issue of, wow, I could be really good. I could make it to the major leagues or the pros. Do I believe college basketball players should go pro after one year? Absolutely not. Do I think high school kids should go pro? Absolutely not. I think they should have a minimum of two years in college, and they should have a special program, a special curriculum designed for them to deal with what they want to do. I think sitting and taking classes like fine arts and the history of the British Empire for those guys is worthless. Not that they couldn't learn something, but that's not where their mind is at. They need to have guidance in understanding their lives. If they're going to become a professional basketball player, I think they should be trained and given the opportunity to have classes and a development to help them understand life. They need to learn about money management. They need to learn about relationships. They need to learn about communication. Not that everybody shouldn't. But I think it's one of, that's one of the disservices that's done for a lot of collegiate athletes who are going to play professionally. I think they should have a curriculum designed to help them in those aspects of life. But I think all athletes should have psychological training. And unfortunately, it's not done. It's not done because a lot of people want to develop their physical skills. You know, people like me, sports psychologists, are still poo-pooed a lot. Professional teams, not all of them have, have sports psychologists. Some do. A lot don't. Because you can't measure what people like myself help people do. They see it as a bunch of bunk. They see it as ridiculous. They're, I can tell you that for a fact because I've been told that straight on by some people in town. I've been told by a number of professional coaches in town how important what I do is. But it's amazing how so many people won't deal with this. And then when the problems come up, they don't know where to turn. All right, our number here is 913-3810-810. 913-3810-810. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I want to hear from you. Let's get a discussion going here this morning. 
about athletes. About let's, let's we can start with Tiger Woods. We can talk about Michael Phelps. We can talk about whoever you want. But do we teach athletes about the emotional side of life? Do we teach athletes about relationships? Do we teach athletes about communication? Do we teach athletes how to deal with problems and stress the right way? Or do we, because they are so physically talented, just assume they can handle it? All right, let's get some calls in here. Our number is 913-3810-810. I want to hear from you. If you are a coach, and you, I don't care what level of sport you coach, do you have, and I'm sure you do, an athlete or two or three on your team who psychologically have some issues? It may be a confidence problem. It may be a self-esteem problem. It may be a communication problem. It may be, and, and more than likely, it's an ego problem. They think because they're really good, they're better than everybody else. Are they condescending to their teammates? Do they want to play all the time because they're better than everybody else? Are they not a good teammate? Are they so stuck in themselves and have parents that are so into how good they are, they don't get the big picture? All right, 913-3810-810 is our number. Let's get some calls in here. Want to see what you think. If you are a coach, how do you deal with this issue? I don't care if it's Little League, if it's professional, if it's collegiate. I want to hear from you. And if you are an athlete and you have a teammate on your, on your team, a teammate that you play with who is really stuck on him or herself, they, 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 you're on a soccer team, they won't pass you the ball because I'm better than you. And they won't communicate to you about it. Their ego is so big it becomes a problem. How do you deal with that on a team? 913-3810-810 is the number. And where does all this start with? It starts with the parents. It starts with the parents because, in my opinion, 36 years of working in this area, not counting grad school, which I guess would be 41 years, what I have seen over the years is that a lot of the athletes who have these issues, not all of them, but a lot of them have these issues because their parents put them on such a high pedestal, they start to make them think they're better than everybody else to the point that they don't deal well with reality. And that's why Tiger Woods is where he is. Is he better? Is he, was he? Was he? We use past tense. Was he a better golfer than everybody else? Yes. Is he now? No. And guess what? Everybody falls at some point. Everybody falls down. And the question is, when you fall down, do you know how to get back up? Or do you stay falling down? All right, 913-3810-810 is the number. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I'm here every Sunday from 7 8 a.m. We had a bit of a power outage here at the beginning of the show. The whole station went down for a few minutes. That's why we started a few minutes late. But I want to hear from you. Let's get some calls in here. No one's called in yet. We always start off slow, and then by the end of the show, we have a number of callers. So now's your chance to call in. I want to hear from you if you are a coach, and you have coached an athlete or athletes on your team whose egos are a little bit too big. They're a little bit too full of themselves. They're a little bit too caught up with who they are and how good they are that they don't deal well with failure, they don't deal well with adversity, they don't deal well with controversy. And how often is it the parents, how often is it the parents, in your opinion as a coach, who help develop this, encourage this, put fuel in the fire for this? I think it is a big issue today, and I think it is becoming a bigger and bigger issue because sports has exploded. Youth sports has gotten to the point now that in some, some areas, it's, it's almost out of control. 
with all the things that are going on, all the tournaments that are going on, and we get younger and younger ages getting involved in these organized team activities at four and five. I've shared it on this show for years. I think we're getting kids involved <clears throat> too heavily in youth sports at too young of an age where they're focusing on results and not focusing on having fun. It should be about having fun. It should be about learning about yourself. And, excuse me, <clears throat> it should be, in my opinion, about development. You know, Bryce Harper, and here's, the, here's a, another great example. You know, Bryce Harper this past week gets drilled in a game against the San Francisco Giants. He then charges them out. Now, this guy, he'd hit a couple home runs off of him in the playoffs. And so Harper decides, well, screw you, I'm coming after you. See, I, I, I have real problems with that. What happens? He's suspended. The pitcher's suspended. A player on the Giants, Michael Morris, gets a concussion. He's now out, indefinitely hurt. Someone else got hurt in that game. All right? And so tell me the purpose of that. Tell me the purpose of a fight. Okay. It's a, it's a problem because of ego. It's an ego issue. 913-3810-810 is number. Let's go to the phones. Let's talk to Joe. Joe, good morning, sir. How are you? Uh, good morning. How are you doing? I'm I'm good, thanks. Hey, I was listening to your uh, questions about, you know, how this starts with parents. Uh, you're actually coming out to speak at our church in a couple of weeks. I was wondering if you're going to be talking with uh, parents and about about this, about how they can uh, help their children develop psychologically as well as physiologically. Yeah, the, you know, this is something I'm very, very high on. It's something I talk about a lot because I, I believe, Joe, it all starts with the parents. It starts with what parents teach their kids. It starts with what we, and it starts with the parents' egos, quite frankly. If, you, if you're if you thinking, my son or daughter, boy, they're really good, and they're seven. Well, that's great that they're good. But does that mean they're going to be good at 10? No. It has nothing to do with it. And I think we need to teach kids to learn. I was going to about Bryce Harper, Joe. Bryce Harper gave a speech just before he got in that fight. Okay, he gave a speech to a bunch of little leaguers and said, you know, no one should get participation in trophies. It should all be about winning. Well, he's wrong on both sides. I don't, you know, to me, participation trophies are great the first year you play sports, but then after that, no, it's the experience. But it's not about the winning. It's about learning and developing and having fun for kids. Yeah, you want to win. That's, I'm not saying you shouldn't want to win, but everyone's not going to win. But what did you learn? And that, to me, is the message we need to teach kids. Do you agree with that? Uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, you want to you be improving, growing, and then where's that, where's that place where – you know, this is not something I want to devote all my life to, you know, and how do you gracefully, student, parent, coach, how do you gracefully exit out of that and to feel good about what you've done and not feel like you're quitting or losing, but you're just moving moving on if it's time to, to change sports or, to, or maybe to, to pursue something else with more of your time. Let me ask this question, Joe. Why do you think Tiger Woods is having the problems he's having? Uh well, just as a layperson, uh, I'm assuming that's uh, he was. And I think you talk about it, a lot of people talk about it all the time that that athletes end up in kind of a bubble if they seem to have extraordinary gifts and abilities, and and we only focus on that and not on a more balanced life for them. I think it, you're 100 percent correct, and that's I, I have dealt with many professional athletes who have had ego issues. Okay, and, and, and you know what, and, and a lot of times it's not their fault. They become successful, 
you know, they're, they're constantly given praise and adulation. And, and I'll just share this story. I, I was the royal psychologist in 1990 and spent a lot of time with Bo Jackson, who I have tremendous respect for because Bo, a lot of people don't like Bo Jackson. I'll tell you that right now. But Bo Jackson, I got to know him as a person. And I asked him, when you're done playing, what are you going to do? He says, Doc, I'm going to raise my three kids. And that's what he did. And he's got three good kids. Okay, because he said it's about family. He used to t his wife is a child psychologist. And his goal was to raise his kids. He says, look, I'm, I'm really good physically. And did Bo have an ego? Yeah, he did. But underneath all that facade was a good person. Mm -hmm. And he raised his kids. And that's what that's what that I think in the end that's what it's about. Joe, thank you so much for your call, sir. I appreciate it. And I'll uh, look for come up and introduce yourself when I talk at your church in a couple weeks. I'll I'll do that. Okay. Look forward to it. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Bye bye. All right, let's go next to MW here in a second. Before we do, nine one three three eight ten eight ten is our number. Let's get some calls in here. MW, my friend, how are you today? I'm fine, Doctor Jacob. Is uh, there's always so much stuff. It's almost like a Ripley's Believe It or Not. I mean, you you couldn't make all the stuff up and. I don't know if you've looked at today's sports and stuff, but Ensign Volkes was one of the heroes of our 15 World Series and a championship and all that stuff. And he pitched the game in honor of Giordano Ventura. Yesterday would have been Giordano's birthday or something. You know, all this kind of incredible stuff. He pitches a no-hitter yesterday. And, uh, I mean, there's just... There's so many incredible things that are always happening, and I really it's, there's a whole lot of psychological stuff behind everything, I'm sure. But it's just, it's just kind of amazing that and Kansas City had one of the worst Aprils that we could possibly have, and now we're, we're coming back, and I'm, I'm not as optimistic as I'd like to be, but everything's all going to probably work out in the long run. But I just, I just want to talk to you just because I like listening to your show every Sunday morning, and... Uh, find it very entertaining and uh, plus all the different things that you're bringing up always there's so many different things to talk about with uh, the Tiger Woods thing and well let me have before MW what do you think about Tiger Woods because I like I said <clears throat> he's got big-time issues and I feel I, I do really feel sorry for the guy what do you think well I feel sorry for him as well I I feel like uh, his parents were kind of his anchor uh, his mom didn't get enough credit, but you know he was a. But, but after all that happened, and then he started having the, you know, he had affairs right and left, and all kinds of stuff. And now he, if he does continue to raise his children well, it could be a, a life well spent. But he's certainly had a lot of roadblocks in his way, and it was, you know, he does some so many things that are almost, you know, unbelievably stupid for him to be doing. Like you said, he probably could have a driver he could be you know he's got a lot of money i'm sure he hadn't spent it all but you know he, he could be kind of taken care of and watched over a little bit instead of allowing himself to get into so many troubles well i yeah it's a shame because this is a guy who's fallen from the pinnacle and you know he's in the bottom and and i'd like to see him come back i'd like to see him get it together he obviously has issues that he's got to deal with and these go back to his childhood and this is why i said earlier in the show I think it starts with the parents. I think it starts with, as a parent, it's your responsibility, in my opinion, to try to teach your kids the difference between right and wrong. And if you're doing things the wrong way or your ego's so big, they're going to emulate that as well. And yeah, it, yeah. It, it becomes a problem, MW, for everybody. And listen, I've been around a lot of professional athletes over the years. And I've mentioned this before. You're a huge Royals fan. I, I, I think one of, the, one of the best people I've ever met is Alex Gordon. 
He's a grounded person. He's got kids. He's married. He works his butt off. I know he's not hitting well. Okay, but let me tell you something. If I wanted to build a team around somebody, he's the type of guy I'd want to build it around because he he is the type of guy that doesn't complain, doesn't moan or screw up. He just doesn't does his job, does it the right way, and and works his butt off. And that's the type of guy you want to have on your team because they're not stuck on themselves because they're a team player. Yeah, I'm with you on on all of those things, Doctor Jacob. And you put the team first as opposed to your own stats or whatever your next contract which is where a lot of people put way way too much you know you just gotta always think in terms of the here and now but anyway I uh man there's a couple things I was going to be talking about but I got I, I stopped thinking about it. but I'll talk to you some more in the future Dr. All right, my friend listen thanks for calling in sir. again today MW it's always good to hear your voice and you take care of yourself Okay, bye-bye. All right, that frees up our lines here at 913-3810-810. 913-3810-810. I want to hear from you. My topic this morning is about athletes' egos. Do athletes put their – do some athletes have such large egos, they've gotten so big, that they end up getting themselves in trouble doing stupid things because they think they're above everybody else? Look at Tiger Woods and what's going on with him. Look at what Michael Phelps is doing. Michael Phelps is a guy who's got himself straightened out, who's, who's worked on himself. You know, people, like I said, lots of teams have sports psychologists because they understand it's not just about the physical development, it's about the psychological development, but a lot of teams don't. And a lot of teams don't have someone like myself working with them because they don't want to deal with it. All right, our number here is 913-3810-810. I want to hear if you're a coach. You have an athlete on your team whose ego is a little bit too big. How do you try to keep them grounded, and how – much of a role that the parents play in that. 913-3810-810 is the number. We're in the leader in sports, Sports Radio 810 WHP. Hello again, everyone. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As you know, I'm here every Sunday from 7 to 8 a.m. here on Sports Radio 810 WHP. We're having a good discussion this morning talking about athletes' egos and the role an athlete's ego plays and how they deal with life. And this is in, in light of what happened to Tiger Woods this past week, getting arrested for a DUI, driving under the influence of prescription medications. You know, you've all seen the video of him and uh, you know, his car being caught on the side of the road in Florida and obviously under the influence of prescription narcotics. He shouldn't have been driving. He should have had a driver drive him. He's got enough money for that. Why didn't he? We don't know. You know, he wasn't drinking. Uh, you know, he was doing something he shouldn't have been doing. Unfortunately for him, all he did was uh, damage his car. He didn't hit anybody. He didn't hurt anybody. And he didn't get injured, which obviously could have happened easily. And uh, the video showed that he obviously did not know what was going on. Um, and it's a problem. It's a problem today with athletes and their egos. And I started the show off by saying, I believe it starts with parents. I think it starts with parents and how parents raise their kids and how much emphasis they put on how good you are and how great you are. And I want to hear from you if you're a coach. Let's get a coach calling. I want to hear, I don't care what level you coach. Have you had an athlete on your team whose ego was a little bit too big? They thought, hey, I'm really good. I'm better than everybody else. You should play me all the time. I should be the number one guy, the number one girl. I should be the star of the team because I'm who I am. 
And their parents reinforce that. The parents support that. And how do you as a coach manage that? How do you deal with that situation? Because that's a big problem. It's a big problem. Athletes' egos, when they get out of control, cause problems. Now, I started off the show by saying most professional athletes, and, and the majority of them, are great people, great families, they're family people, they get it. Every athlete on every team isn't in trouble. Very few of them are. You don't hear stories about most guys because they go and live their lives like everybody else. But you have the ones whose egos get a little bit too big, get a little bit out of control, and they start to think it's all about themselves. And here's the problem. It starts, in my opinion, with the parents and coaches who teach these kids at younger ages and teachers who allow them to get away with things when they're doing things they shouldn't do and don't keep them grounded enough. All right, our number is 913-3810-810. I want to hear from your coach. I want to hear from if you played on a team with an athlete who had a big ego and you couldn't get along with them because they thought they were so much better than you. How did you handle that? If you sit in the, in the stands at a game and you've got the parent of somebody else who thinks their kid is so much better, they should be playing all the time, and because they're so good. What do you see happening with that child? Their ego gets so big, they become a problem. 913 is the number. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Let's see what Tim has to say. Tim, good morning, sir. How are you? Oh, I love your show. I've been listening to you for years. I've moved away from Kansas City a couple times. Now I'm back. Turn it on. There you are again. So I love it. Well, thank you. I've been on the radio now for 26 straight years, which is pretty amazing to me. But uh, thank you so much for listening and for, for uh, the comments. I appreciate it. Yeah, you you and I have been talking about this for the last five or ten years. I've coached baseball for 25 years. And there's just, you know, I've just come to the realization that there are me people and there are we people in the world. And sometimes it really isn't the player. You're right. It's the parent. You know, you, the, the discipline that you have to have as a coach to, to keep it level. Um, you know, there's a lot of coaches out there that have given it up because of players just like that and parents just like that, where, you know, the sense of entitlement because the parent thinks the player's great makes the player think that he is great. And, uh, and it is what it is. But there's also the children out there and the kids and the grown-ups and the teenagers, it doesn't matter, that are just great. And they, and it's that sense of a little bit of me that makes them great. So you got to just refine them a little bit and tune them in. And, uh, you know, when they get to the professional level, I, I don't know how they do it, those coaches at that level. But, I, you know, you got to tune them in when they're younger and hope that you can make a difference on them later. Well, but. what I've seen at the professional level, Tim, is this. A really good coach or manager is a good communicator. And they will sit down and talk with their athletes, and they will discuss with them the rules and guidelines, and they will explain to them, look, th these are the things you can do, or these are the things you can't do. <laughs> and, yeah, you may be the stud guy on our team, but in order for us to be a team, Everybody needs to be treated the same way. I, I know you're better than everybody else physically, but that doesn't mean you're better as a person. And the well, guy it doesn't necessarily mean that you're better physically, though, because, you know, I, I coached at a high level of baseball at every kid's age, and, and Sunday night after a tournament was the worst night that I could imagine because when the cell phones started coming around, the cell phones started ringing at, you know, an hour after you, you get home from a tournament, you know, because someone is, is self-centered and wants to talk about why little Johnny didn't do this and he's better than this and, and 
and they degrade the kids that that are you know maybe better. So well, Tim, you know, excuse it, me, but in, in our book, just let them play. We talk about this issue, and I and we we Jeff Montgomery, who obviously knows a lot about this, and we, we discuss this a lot in the book. We think after a game, you say, hey, you know what? As a coach, I don't want to hear from you parents till tomorrow, unless unless your child's hurt or something got hurt. I want to know what's going on, but. Take take 24 hours, time to cool off, let your emotions settle. If you want to talk to me, there's a time and place, not tonight, and we're not going to complain about playing time. If that becomes a big issue, we'll have to meet face-to-face and discuss it. I mean, that's where the preseason meeting, Tim, comes in, and you discuss that. And, and as, the, as the coach, you say, here are my guidelines, here are my rules. If you don't like it, then you can go play in another team. But I think one of the things you have to do with parents is be very clear about you know, complaining about playing time and all that type of stuff. I mean, if you've got it, if, if you say everybody's going to play on our team and then you have a young man who sits at the end of the bench and hasn't played three games in a row, those parents have a right to say to you, listen, Tim, uh, we need to talk about my son, you know, Steve. He hasn't been in a game in th- three games. How can we handle yeah. that? And but that, but still, that's the next day. Good Go. coach, though, Andrew. You know, that, that this is, this is, and you know, I, I had a I had a club before anybody was charging money to to have a club. I funded it myself, and and we had a code of ethics and all of that. But just to your point, sometimes people think that they're bigger than that, and they go beyond it, regardless of the rules. And I think that's the point you're making today. Regardless of the rules, you got guys out there at every level that think they're above it, and so the rules don't matter to them. Well, you're exactly right, and that's why I, I, in our book I have a saying. I've said it for years. A good coach checks his or her ego at the door, and I think it should go down to athletes and parents as well. You know, I, I just had a conversation yesterday, and I said, told, told some parents that I was, had a, one client yesterday in my office on Saturday, and I said, I would encourage your softball, softball parents. And the dad's a coach, coaches a 12-year-old girl. I said, and he was telling me about the parents saying things during games. I said, listen, when's your next game? He goes, well, Doc, it's tomorrow. In fact, we're going to listen to your show driving, driving to our game. I said, well, I want you to buy a bag of Tootsie Pops. And before the game, I want you to hand out the Tootsie Pops to all the parents and ask them to put them in their mouth during the game. And the smile this man had on his face was, was worth a lot of money. He says, Doc, that is one of the best things I've ever heard. He says, that, that's great. I'm going to mention that to him. And he says, I think a lot of these people get the message. You know? well, I, think as a, you know, I think as a coach, you just, you just nailed it on the head. Good coaches find a way to get beyond this. But good coaches are a product of their, of their team. It doesn't matter whether they're 8 years old, 12 years old, 16, or 20 years old. It, you know, the, a good coach is, does check his ego at the door, and he allows those players to play and and he teaches the right disciplines and the right fundamentals. And at the end of the day, the team becomes very, very good in spite of or despite of the coach, I think. So yes. I appreciate your show. This is a great subject. Well, listen, Tim, thank you very much for listening. I appreciate it. And you have a great day. And call back again. I appreciate your comments. You know, it, it, it's interesting. This is, this is a, a topic we will get into more so. And, you know, you could go to my website because this show is podcasted on my website. All the shows are podcasted. You can go there. You can follow me on Twitter at DRJ Sports Psych. And I'm also going to be launching a new digital edition uh, podcast show that will be on my website every week, okay, called Sports Psychology Today. And my first show that will be coming up, be podcast, will be an interview with the 
sports reporter for the Washington Post named Cindy Bourne, who used to work here with the Kansas City Star. And I'm going to interview her, and that will be up on my web- website, which is winnersunlimited.com, later this week under the podcast page. If you, if you look on my website, you'll see it comes up, the podcast, the book, the practice. Just click on the podcast. That's right at the front of the, the, the homepage. It'll take you to the podcast. And all, the, all my shows here on WHB are podcasted there. We've got them podcasted back to August of 2014. So you can scroll down there. And I've, you know, I've had some really interesting interviews here at WHB with so many people. We just had Nick Garcia on a couple weeks ago, the former Kansas City Wizards star, one of the top soccer players in Kansas City who's ever played here, now runs Brookside Soccer, and we talked about all this stuff about developing kids, and it's on there. So go to my website, winnersunlimited.com, to listen to all these shows here from Sports Radio 10 WHB. Like I said, I'm also going to be starting a new podcast show that'll be on there called Sports Psychology Today with, with, with me, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. You know, I, I, I love doing this show every week, and here's why. I got into this business in 1981. I started as a sports psychologist here in Kansas City, and I, and I got to be honest with you, when I came back here, nobody had heard of sports psychology. I tried to get hired by teams. by pe- People are saying, what is that? One guy, one athletic director at one college in the, in the community told me, it's hocus-pocus. Quote, unquote, he says, that stuff's hocus-pocus. We're not using you. And it's still interesting, the resistance that a lot of people still have to working with the psychological side of sports. Because in the end, I like to say you can have two athletes who are physically the same, but the one with the stronger mind will be the one who will come out on top. I love doing this show. I love taking your calls. I love getting into these discussions. And I hope in the end that you as listeners get something out of this that can help you in life, not just sports, but in life. That's why I do this, and I appreciate the fact that Chad Boger and the staff here at WHB lets me do this show every week. It's something that I enjoy doing. And, you know, a few weeks ago on Mother's Day, we did a show talking about the role mothers play, and we'll be doing one on Father's Day here in a few weeks. And there was a lady that called up who emailed me after the show uh, a very, very emotional email thanking me for giving her the opportunity to speak on this show. And, uh, you know, that's why I do this. She said it helped her overcome some things with her mom. And, you know, I've been in the helping profession for 36 years. I'm going to be doing this until I can't anymore. I hope you get something out of it. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I'm here every Sunday from 7 to 8. If you want to get a hold of me, my office number is 816-561-5556. I am taking on new clients. I give talks on these things all the time. I work with teams. I work with individuals. My website, like I said, is winnersunlimited.com. Go on there this week. You'll be able to hear the podcast from, from the show today. You can go to the WHB website to hear the podcast, and you'll start hearing our new podcast shows that I'll be having on my website called Sports Psychology Today. You can follow me at Twitter at DRJ Sports Psych. I am Dr. Andrew Jacobs, sports psychologist, and we're on the greatest station in Kansas City, Sports Radio 810 WHP.